I'm Claire Parker. And I'm Ashley Hamilton. And this is Celebrity, Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Club. Recording to you live at 8.21 a.m. The Tuesday it goes out, baby. <laughs> you will hear this in, what, half an hour? I know you guys are waiting. As soon as it drops, that's when you listen. <laughs> Um, I think we should speed through our little intro because how long did the episode end up being? I know we recorded for two fucking hours. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I wanted to say is we did record for about two hours and um, it's about an hour, uh, hour 10 in here. Wow. Um, and then it, I'm going to put the whole thing on the Patreon, including the part where we're just jabbering because um, Courtney had to go grab a computer charger, <sighs> not cutting a lick of it out. So if you are on the Patreon and you really like want to hear the whole meat... Um, it's good. I recommend it. I'm so excited. You guys, I have to, I have to, have to, have to thank our positive reviewers. I am so appreciative of you guys. We love a five-star review more than we love our families. And when you guys say nice things, it really like makes me remind, remember who I do this for and not want to jump off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you guys for keeping my, my feet firmly planted on the earth. Um, Sam seven, three, five, eight, Three five eight three six. I love you. Enamus equals awesome. Yeah, it does. Rochelle Pop. Uh, oh no, no, no. Rochelle Pop. Give us a one. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Emily twenty two. Heller. I love you. Lauren Tuckaway. I love you. Hannah four twenty. Elizabeth. Smoke them up because I love you. Korean millennial. I love you. Earth to Mars lander. Ugh, I love that reference. Thank you so oh, much. Mars lander's on our Patreon. Oh my god. Thank you, Mars lander. Mars lander's who's with tab said. Yeah, because Mars lander is. Um, uh, oops, I, that's what that yes. reference is. Or wow. Mars Lander. Amethyst3551. I don't know if that's your name or your favorite stone, but I love them as both. I love the word amethyst and I love the object amethyst. Me too. Oh, we love you guys. And we do, oh, amethyst, we do talk about the Britney Spears Hulu documentary on our Patreon. Devin J. Dot. Oh, God, you're the best. Um, Madison, you are my son. <laughs> uh, F-J-D-K-J-Z-K-R-N-X-B-R. Man, thank you. Uh, Shama Lama Ding Dong to you. Oh, and a Shama Lama <laughs> Ding Dong back at you. Thank you. <laughs> and Duckerton, 10 out of 10. That's the best review there is. That's a 100%. You guys, I really mean it. Like, I think Ashley's about to go on a rant about what a horrible time in the world it is right now. These (laughs) reviews keep us, and I'm not exaggerating when I say alive. (laughs) Alive. Anyway, um, I also wanted to say two people asked in the reviews about our um, Britney thoughts and feelings about the FX documentary. Um, it, our feelings haven't super changed since Who's With Tabs, and we have a couple of episodes on this topic in Who's With Tabs, so you can still go back and listen to those if you want. We also go in depth, our full frontal review um, on the Patreon. On the Patreon. And I have to say, if you're a Who's With Tabs head, if you miss the chaotic psycho energy of Who's With Tabs, we are on the Patreon ranging the gamut from the most wildest outlandish things we can say to Ashley's wonderful review of Oh Fudge. And I'm not going to tell you what Oh Fudge is, but trust me, if you forgot, you're going to want a reminder. You're going to want to remember. So yeah, so hit, hit it there if you want like the truth. The truth that you won't find in a, a documentary. <laughs> Listen, we are not beholden to legal. So I really do think sometimes we can go further than, yeah, than we people know. who subscribe to the law. <laughs> we read between the lines. We follow blind item accounts. So we know. Okay. So Claire, tell me, how was your week in memoir? Um, I feel 
bad, but I haven't had a bad week. I just went to Vermont. I had a nice little time. I don't have much report. My apartment is finally coming together. I got my couch this week, which has been game changing. If you guys want to see photos, I got a really modern boucle sectional. If you're wondering what that means, (laughs) I'll tell you I got this desk I'm obsessed with buying everything secondhand so that I can save the earth but then having it shipped from thousands of miles away so that I could like really leave a trail of (laughs) just debris in its wake I got this cute little desk shipped from Denver it's a hundred years old I'm obsessed with it it is really cute can I say people have been driving and traveling much less because of the pandemic and so I think that the earth has been become dependent on a certain amount of gas. Yeah, yeah. We really need to like put some of it back in. Kind of how like if you are addicted to drugs, you need to keep a little bit of the drugs in your system so yeah. you don't You need withdraw. to wean off. Yeah, I don't want the earth to go into withdrawal systems and start like throwing up because it misses petroleum so bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're welcome, earth. <laughs> exactly. Um, Ashley, what yeah. was the chapter of your memoir this week? I would call the chapter of my memoir, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think am, a lot of people feel you here. Okay. So I will say I also didn't have a bad week. Like I had, I got this like enormous heavy piece of wood that I'm turning into a table and I spent all week staining it because you had to do like every couple of hours. So I was really on a regimen with my table. So that kept me busy. <laughs> I was on, I like had, you know, uh, dinner with a friend. I had some stuff going on considering that it's a pandemic. Um, but I was just in such a fucking bad mood. And then I just decided to embrace it. That was my thing yesterday. Like I was in a really shitty mood yesterday, but I, I did a lot of thinking and I was like, you know what? It is a pandemic coming up on one full year of fully derailing every single thing about my life. It is February in New York, historically New York's worst month. It is a really brutal time to be alive and walking through actual slush. <laughs> like it was like a three, I thought I had a three day weekend and then it turns out my company doesn't observe presidential ship. And so I was like, that's fine. It just like all of these things. I was like, it would be fucking weird if I was in a good mood right now. That's like how I've decided to reconcile it is like, yes, I'm in a bad mood, but to be in a good mood would honestly be fucking goofy and I am not a lunatic so I'm just gonna like be like you know what it is what it is I'm gonna shoot myself with some endorphins and go for a run later and that is the plan (laughs) what endorphins the endorphins from going for a run oh yeah I think that'll be great oh look you're in running clear clear you're in running clear yeah I'm already wearing running clothes so that um I like have to if I like put on running clothes when I wake up, I like work out before I go to bed because I feel too guilty changing out of them. Genius. Having not worked well, out. Well, actually, I hope now that I'm back, things get better because I do think in this pandemic, everybody has like a friend circle of like one to two people. And so yeah. when one of those people are gone, it really cuts down on how many people you have. Yeah. I also inhaled a lot of fumes from the table. And I think that that made me feel genuinely ill yesterday. That sucks. Because <laughs> the other way it could have gone was made you feel genuinely euphoric. And I, I was pretty high on Sunday. And then yesterday I had such a bad stomach ache all day. And I was like, I wonder if it's because yesterday I was just like eating table fumes. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to say? No. Other than that, I am fucking stoked as hell on this upcoming episode. It is so good, you guys. We sit down with the author, both authors of last week's memoir, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, by Courtney Robertson and Dibs Bear. Yes. And before we get into it, I also want to plug, um, first of all, go buy this book. It is genuinely one of my favorite memoirs that we've read because I feel like it 
It gives what you want. It's got celeb goss. It's got behind the scenes and it's got an honest account of what you just watched. And I feel yeah. like as an avid reality TV watcher, Plus I it's love funny seeing it. And it it's feels funny. honest. Um, and then also I wanted to plug Dibs's other books. Yeah. Um, they've written a handful of other celebrity memoirs, Jamie Otis, Retta. So I think that you should definitely pick those up. And also Lady Tigers in the Concrete Jungle is their own um, book, their own novel that I think you should, without a friggin' doubt, pick up because you guys are bookworms after all. I'm going to go buy it. Me too. It's my next book. They have it at um, almost every Barnes & Noble I've ever been to. So um, Dibs is a celebrity. Read, read, yeah. Dibs Mm -hmm. write their own memoir. You guys, I'm so excited. Give it up for Courtney Robertson and Dibs Bear. All right. So we will just get into it. I'm so excited. Okay. So Courtney, when you wrote this book, it came out in 2014. You were fresh out of The Bachelor. Can you guys talk a little bit about why you wrote the book, how you guys were paired up? Like, did you go to the publishing house? Did the publishing come to you? What did you want out of the book? And then what is the process of finding your co-writer like? Um, do you want me to go first, Dibs? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> I'll go after you. Okay. Um, I So I had just read Drinking and Tweeting, um, Brandy Glanville's book. And I really liked the tone of it. It was It was really funny and like very raw. And so I looked for her. Um, I was like looking for who helped her write her book. And... I, I came, I went to my Us Weekly contact and that's who connected me to Dibs um, and was like, you know what? No, you don't want to work with that person. I have the perfect person for you. So I had like written like a, actually the opening chapter of our book um, that's now way better. Thanks Dibs. <laughs> but um, I met Dibs for lunch and we hit it off right away. And I just said, hey, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. Like no one's ever written a book about um, the show. Cause you know, we signed an NDA saying like, you can't even talk about the show anywhere in this galaxy. So I gave dibs what I had and she worked her magic and gave it back to me. And I was like, this is awesome. She, it was like the tone and the hurt dibs is really funny. So really sprinkled in a lot more humor. And, um, then we just went from there and, you know, dibs lived in New York forever. So she had all these amazing contacts and, uh, I mean, Dibs, I mean, that's all I got on that. And just like the starting process of it. But, you know, Dibs really helped us <laughs> send the manuscript to, to try to get an agent. Remember EK? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so my, my, my version of it is kind of funny that what Courtney didn't know when we first met was that I had been the executive editor of In Touch Weekly. So during the show, I had been doing pretty awful stories about her oh, and putting no. them on the cover. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, in fact, w- one of the cover stories we did on Courtney was you naked in the bathtub. Yeah. So, I just up that cover. Brutal. Yes. So um, when we first met, I was like, look, I need to be really honest with you. Like <laughs> I- I'm kind of responsible for your life being a nightmare right now, you know, cause I had, we had done so many stories on her and I think, I don't know, you tell me, but I think because I was so open and honest about it, like you were okay with it. Like you accepted the apology. I'm like, I'm really sorry. And uh, so that was kind of a funny like start to it, I thought. but Wow. So the redemption was like immediate. You guys just kind of got all your dirt on the table and became friends. Well, I was like, I can't have her finding out later. Like I worked there and was like responsible for like these stories that were, 
you know, pretty brutal, right, Courtney? I mean, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, at that point, you guys, I had like such little gas left in the tank and I just, you know, it was almost like, sort of like, I just needed somebody in my corner and we really hit it off. And I I met you in person because I was like, I need to see her and, you know, connect and, you know, see if the intentions are, are good. And I felt like instantly like, okay, we just, we just got along well. Yeah, we definitely got along. And, um, and the other funny story that she brought up was that, so we had an original agent who we turned in a draft and like the comments were like, this is stupid. This is hot garbage. It's like hot garbage, basically. Crass was the big word. Mm -hmm. And I remember I laid in bed for the like crying for two days because I was like, Oh, cause I, I just like, but then I was like, wait a minute, who says she's right? She's never seen the show before. Mm-hmm. She's not a fan of the show. I knew people who actually got the show would love it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find us another agent. And then we found the right agent and then that's it. The rest was history. Wow. So, so I, I mean, was like crying too. And she called me, she's like, let's go get a beer. And I, cause I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. This is like so stressful. And ABC might try to sue me. And then we talked about it and sent it off to one more person. Really? Oh my God. I'm that was it. So glad you I loved did. it. As someone who's reading a ton of celebrity memoirs right now and loves the bachelor and loves reality TV, I felt like it had the perfect balance of context about your life and who you were and then kind of just like all the gossip you're hoping for all the behind the scenes stuff so that agent was wrong (laughs) and it also was so funny I read like three pages and called Claire to be like this book makes me laugh out loud when you kept on talking about how much Jason Mesnick cries in like the beginning (laughs) chapters god I like really think men crying is hysterical and so the fact (laughs) that you kept calling it out is right up my alley (laughs) Awesome. Dibs was really great at helping with uh, a lot of the older seasons as well. Cause you watched them and we even went back and I had to, cause I didn't really watch religiously. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad it made you laugh. That's, that's what I wanted. <laughs> it was really funny. And I felt like it was really something like watching in retrospect. And I know everybody gets kind of redeemed in retrospect because I feel like you were just honest. And so it was funny when they called you fake. I'm like, she was the most honest one in the whole show. And I feel like it came through in this book. Like you talked about sex, you talked about the show, you talked, I just felt like you were upfront with what you did wrong, with what he did wrong. I really came in believing you. And I don't believe a lot of celebrity memoirs. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I listened to your podcast. I was like, oh, they might grill me. I'm like, you know, like, um, but you, and feel free to, you know, hit, hit us with all the questions. <laughs> I have a question about the NDA situation. So did they come after you? What were the legal? First, I want to know about the legalities of like what ABC allows you to say. And then also as a journalist, as a, as a magazine journalist, were you allowed to work with Courtney or like what, how did that affect your day job of like telling stories about Courtney and then at night telling Courtney's story? Courtney, you go ahead first. Um, so that's a good question. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. And yeah, look, it's like ABC. Sorry. It's <laughs> like, Oh my God, no. Um, and I'm out of contract now, but I was so nervous. I had so much anxiety because it was like just full steam ahead. Like my modeling career just went, blew up. And I was like, I really felt kind of like a woman scorned. I hate to say that in, in some sort of way, like kind of just like, I need to share my side of the story. Cause even our breakup was bad. And I was like, I'm still the bad guy here. Yeah. Like, um, and then I was like, I have my sister's an attorney. So I gave her the contract first things first. And she combed through it with a fine tooth comb. And she's like, this is taking away basically all of your human rights. Um, 
And I'm like, we live in a free country. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to try it. You know, I know a ton of attorneys if need be. Also, um, Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show, and I have a good um, friend in common. And I reached out to him first. And I said, hey, I'm not going to bash the franchise. I just want to share my side. So I felt like it was good that I had people in my corner like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely got a call from uh, Warner Brothers (laughs) because it goes above production. And interesting. Dibs helped me get, um, we were like trying to do a lot of marketing, pre-marketing. And we did a little teaser for E! News and I was so nervous. I was like having a full on panic attack during the interview um, because I was like, this is going to go everywhere that I'm writing this tell all And like, it was the next day that I got a call from the attorney and it was like, you know, we're going to get ready to send you a cease and desist. And, and I just said, send it to HarperCollins. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So it was a real, uh, ask for forgiveness later kind of situation. (laughs) Pretty, pretty much. But even the legal vetting process of my book and, oh, I think that for me, Dibs, that was probably the most taxing. I, I, cause I had to go through, I mean, even just like ex-boyfriends, like the guy that sold the picture to in touch of me in the bathtub, like everything has to be, um, I, I mean, just very, it was like, I had to read through the book five more times and talk to the attorney constantly. Like I couldn't say that he was growing weed in his yard or whatever. <laughs> Interesting. Kind of you little stuff like that. It, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then. Um, yeah. Is there anything now that you're out of the contract that like, is there, does anything stick out that you had to pull that now you're free to say since you're outside of the, you know, there's a lot. It's funny. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, Oh my God, that should have made the book or like even now, or especially cause I watch and I see things that trigger my memory. Um, definitely dibs. I mean, you know what I, we played nice and we let them kind of go through. And, and when I read the, the copy they sent back with the changes, cause I let ABC go through it. I was like, I called my publisher. I was like, am I reading the right document? What they took out was so minimal. It was, I don't know if you felt good about it, Dibs, but um, it was more like, like the table of the hometown and talking about one of the ex bachelorettes, they were trying to protect her. Um, Yeah. And then like safety of the show, like helicopter thing that happened they, they didn't want people feeling unsafe there was a few little things like that that didn't I don't think really took away from the overall story it was like they had a thing where it was like don't tell secrets about the production you can talk about everybody else but <laughs> don't but don't say stuff about the show like the process of how the show is made mm-hmm. that was most of what they took out if I remember correctly because honestly Courtney's book was like there have been a couple other books before that from the franchise but they were like they weren't about the show at all so your book was literally the first one to ever talk about the, um, what do you call it? The fantasy suite, for instance. No one had ever talked about that stuff and because they were too scared. Um, so you got away with, I felt like, a lot, considering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were, then, yeah, it was scary, though. take out the word bachelor out of the whole, like, I don't think the word oh, bachelor yeah, right. anywhere in the book. So that was a little bit tricky. That was a little bit taxing. Um, and then, so I mean, funny. obviously, I forgot the about proposal that. Yeah. scene, that was the big one, which I've never talked about. Um, I'm still afraid to talk about it. I was going to so. say, can you now or no? <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm like, I don't know. They're watching me. Yeah, I think I, in the book, I remember reading that sentence where you're like, and then we got to Switzerland and we had more picnics. I bet you don't want to hear about that. I bet you want to hear about the good stuff. And my mind, I was like, sure, take me to the good stuff. But I was completely <laughs> fooled by that. And I was like, I guess she's just skipping boring things, but you're skipping secrets. Smart. <laughs> I nice. know there are some, some things. Yeah. The last day there was some definitely, uh, I will just say it, put it this way. There were some, uh, Double takes. Whoa. I'll let your imagination go. Yeah. So that was wow. something big. <laughs> that does. That is huge. Yeah. We'll get to um, more of like being on the show in a second because um, like I told you when you first came on, we just binge watched the entire season. Oh and my, <laughs> my goodness, I have questions. No, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I loved it. I honestly really, like Claire said, I like felt... Like, I see how you were the villain, but also watching the show these days, I feel like you were just, like, doing your own thing and they needed to be mad at somebody. (laughs) And, like, when you... When they were like, oh, she's so fake, it's like, no, no, she said she doesn't like you. (laughs) To your face. That's real. (laughs) If she was, like... They're like, she doesn't even try to get along with us. She doesn't pretend to like us. It's so fake. And it's like, well, I don't know if you know what that word means um okay I wish you were on my season I had a couple nice girls but you know I see it on this season that's playing out um I I was to myself a lot and I think that I my theory is that the women get their feelings get hurt like that you don't want to hang out with them all day and I was constantly in interviews like I felt like oh my god like they were you know there's like 15 producers and they all want to get their shot at, you know, I've heard that they get, um, I don't know if it's like bonuses, but like, if you get like a nugget, like a really good one, I think that's good for their, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what you would call it. Like, I think you could get moved up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like constantly getting pulled and I was like, God, I'm not getting paid to be here. This is exhausting. Like, so I would just like need time to like decompress. I'm actually more of an introvert. Um, so that whole thing was, not the best situation for me. Yeah. Well, that made me laugh too. And the women tell all when, cause it's just very clear that they just want to make you cry, but it makes me laugh. The idea that women are so mad that you don't want to be their friends, that they're going to try to like, be like, but why didn't you pretend? I'm like, I don't know if someone doesn't want to be friends with you, then move on. There's just something so funny they're, about that. Neat they're just mad that like, they didn't get chosen by Ben. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> Whoever's the front runner, you know, they hate. I do feel like you were a turning point in like, the types of women that came on. Cause I remember your season was actually the first one I ever watched. I went down to visit a friend and she was like, you have to watch this. She's like, there's this girl, Courtney. She's so beautiful. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> and, and I did before it was like a lot of like teachers and, <laughs> and nurses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a lot of teachers and nurses and unemployed women. Now the names are like the job, like dog walker, free spirit. Yeah. I know we <laughs> joke how well, now with like the age of, social media it's like really just grad school for influencers like if you want to be an influencer you have to like you like finish college go on the bachelor get your followers and then start selling toothpaste <laughs> teeth whiteners oh wait, sorry, just before we move on too quick I want to go back to dips so what was your deal with I'm like very interested in your career about writing about pop culture and celebrity and the profiles what is what was the conflict of interest there writing Courtney's book and then in your day writing Courtney's darkest secrets <laughs> Actually, I had left in touch by then. Oh, so okay. it's kind of like perfect timing. I just moved out to LA. Um, I was fired from in touch. That's a Ooh. story for another day. Yes. I didn't have to worry about it. Okay. My only my only concern was Courtney might you know, be like, I hate you because of what you did to my my life. 
<laughs> well, a she was very generous. It was very oh. nice. <laughs> In general, when you're right, like what is the line that you can cross when you do celebrity profiles? Because I noticed that like Ellen gave you a blurb for your book and that you've done a profile on Ellen. Like, do you find you make friends with the people that you interview? Are, are you allowed to be friends with people that you interview? I mean, you are, but you never are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like this weird thing where you meet someone for an hour and they tell you like literally like their most deepest emotional things. And then you never see them or talk to them ever again. So you're kind of like almost like a therapist, but um, (laughs) do you feel like much like a bachelor producer that you can go in and get somebody like you have the skill to get somebody to just give you all their, all their dirt and walk out pretty much because (laughs) you have sometimes less than an hour and you have to get like a cover line saying something. So you've got to be really good about getting there, but without, like you can't just like blurt things out like you have to have a process to get Mm -hmm. but within the amount of time you think you have so it's tricky it's a tough it's a tough gig do you have any tricks for anybody listening like what do you have like a like a a line that you'd use to like really get them up like ah so childhood (laughs) (laughs) yeah no uh I think that you know it's it's kind of gross but like you always start with a compliment like you know tell somebody what you like about their work that's what they want to hear. And they like you immediately. Right. I mean, Oh, I have men. I would go to their basements because they've like been like, I think you're really funny. And I'm like, do you want me yeah. to come do stand up for you in your home in Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'll pay for the bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like flattery will get you everywhere. Seriously. Really um, well. I like really am yeah. the easiest person to murder. It's just like slide into my DMs and say something nice. And I will meet you in a parking lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's simple psychology, I guess. Yeah. So what is the process when you guys sat down to write this book? What was the process of like working together with this? Would you start it and then just come in and kind of punch up or was there like an outline? How would you guys say that process happened? Um, you're so cute. Um, well, we did the outline, which was great because it was like, we needed that structure and I can be, like I said, a little bit more squirrely, like, Oh, what's, um, so wrote the outline and the, the intro, which was actually ended up being the opening chapter, the in Zermatt. Um, and then we, we started looking for a publisher and um, our agent did. <laughs> our agent yeah. at the time did. And um, we got, they sent it to, I believe, five. And was it five tips? Publishers or four? I can't even four remember. Four or five. Probably. And we got yeah. four, like four no's. And oh, wow. then we got one yes, and it was Harper Collins, and they were like, "We want to fly you out, you know, out to New York." I was in LA, and we want to talk about. It was like more of like an interview, like it wasn't a deal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "If I fly out there, we're not going to get it." I was like, "I'll do a call. We'll take a call." <laughs> and the call went really well. And then our agent called and said um, they're going to offer you a book deal. So oh my god, that, that's how my memory goes. So you guys that's kind of wild. wrote it on spec. Like there wasn't really like yes. a deal in place beforehand. Wow. So no. what was your um, goal overall with writing the book? Like, was it this thing where you were like, I want to sort of, was it necessarily to turn people's opinions or was it just to like get the whole story out there and be like, think what you want, but like, here is the truth. I mean, from my perspective, it was to help Courtney get her life back for real. Yeah. Like that was the goal. Like, I, I, cause if you, now that you're meeting her, you would never know from the show how amazing she is. Right, because they had painted her, and I know everybody. Everybody says that on about reality TV. Oh, I'm not really like that. But the truth is, is like, Courtney was really herself there. But if you meet her, she's like the sweetest, most generous, the nicest person. 
And so for me, the goal was like, people need to know that she's like a really great person and she deserves to have like her life back. That was my goal. So I don't know. Yeah. For, for me, it was like, definitely. I, it helped. I just thought it was, I was saying it was so interesting to like read the book in tandem with watching the season because I just had like two completely polar opposite opinions. Cause the book does do such a good job of like explaining the edit in such an interesting yeah, way. Specific. Oh, that's my goal. Like that Puerto Rico line. I mean, the way they edit it is so funny. <laughs> and it just, there's like, you've all just cheers. There's been a rose ceremony and he's like, we're going to Puerto Rico. And then you just go, I was there two months ago. And then there's silence. And when I watched it, I did like laugh out loud. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> and I so read. bad. Oh, they didn't know. Like you didn't hear him say like, has anyone ever been there? Yeah. And then you see it and you go, okay, this is what people talk about. And they're like, I went on the show and they edited me to make me look bad. Cause then they're always like, well, we can't edit something you didn't say. And I'm like, yeah. Saying you've been to Puerto Rico is not an inherently evil statement. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Like you had been. But it was really interesting. And it's also something in the book that I felt like really contextualized what was happening on the show is you're like, I don't know, I was there to hang out with Ben. When we're on a group date, I wanted to be alone with him. And you're like, yeah, what are these dumb bitches doing? Like they didn't come to make friends. I would go to make friends, honestly. <laughs> it's hard to make friends as an adult. And I do think you should look into like bachelor camps where you can just sit in a mansion until you have a new connection especially if you move to a new city I think that's like a business model that they can that's a really good idea yeah that is such copyright a, that's a good show idea copyright it I came here to make friends that's yeah oh my god seriously that's like it's yeah. really hard and so for that reason I would go but I do understand that you're like I have a life I mean I do feel like what would you have had in common with a lot of those people like a lot of those people really did just like love God and their future husband, whoever he may be. I wouldn't have anything to fucking say to those people. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about like the stuff that happened off camera too. Like my perception of people off camera, like to me was very disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then the cameras would come around and, and like everybody wants their moment to shine. And like that part was really gross to me. Like I just, I saw different sides, like, I'd see somebody when the cameras weren't on and then when they were on, I'd be like, who's that girl? Uh, so there was that. And um, I forgot what the question was that we were going off of. You were the only not fake person. So like, I think so. And I, you know, I wasn't perfect though. Looking back, I, I mean, obviously like I, there were nights or interviews where I drank too much and maybe, <laughs> you know, I came, it wasn't my best look or my best color. And, you know, I just, I was just trying to get, get through the process. Yeah. It was exhausting. A question we got a lot was people are like, is it scripted? Is it real? And what I got from your book was it's not scripted. It's like things you're saying, but you are put in these situations where you're made to feel safe. You're made to feel that all the producers are like, that is a funny thing. We're all laughing with you. And then you see it on TV and you're like, oh, now nobody's laughing with me. They're mad. What is the relationship with the producers like? Like how much do you feel manipulated by them or like egged on by them both in the interviews and then also just in like relationship to to Ben well that's a good question so twofold there was one uh producer I did most of my interview with I haven't seen him since he left um I think he left Panama and while we were filming I felt like they were all my best friends um they would talk about the girls to me um like trash about the other girls to me. So I really felt like they were my friends, but in them doing that, it planted seeds in my head that were kind of just, I would be like, Oh yeah. And then I would maybe say something that I wouldn't normally say. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I definitely don't think that they are your friends. I mean, I, I was friends with like two producers after the show and I think it was more so that they just felt bad. I think that they did feel bad and they kind of toss it off to saying like, Hey, it's out of our hands. Once the interviews are done, it goes to editing. So that there's kind of like, um, yeah. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay. But you know, can you just not show that? Um, and then what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. I need to take notes. Oh, oh, in terms of Ben, Obviously, oh, yeah. a lot of these women, I mean, they can't all think that they're about to get a husband. Like, how much do you think the producers are really, like, talking you up? Because really, at the end of the day, you've spent, like, nine total hours with somebody. And some of these women feel so sure they're about to have his children. What is the producer oh, yeah. role in that relationship? Well, I think there's two. They definitely, um, they try to get you to open up. I mean, that's the main thing. And I'm, like, very closed off. I've always been very guarded. I remember on my first group um, I'm sorry, my first one-on-one date, they pulled me aside and they were really like, you aren't coming across well, like you need to like really open up and like, and then I'm like on a date, like feeling like, wait, what? Like, how am I coming across then? Um, so there's that little manipulation for sure. Um, That's crazy. But they would also say stuff to me about Ben that I was kind of like, wait, why are they saying this to me about him? Like, this isn't really the best thing to say about him to me if you want me to fall in love with him. Yeah. So it was just kind of a cluster. Yeah, they're just really kind of like shaking you around and seeing what. Right yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. Like wear you okay. out, stress you out, and then see what crazy thing you'll say. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I actually really, I feel like this is a rare instance when we have someone whose life has been kind of turned upside down by tabloids, and then the tabloids who turned them upside down. What circle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even think about this, but now coming in, I mean, that's such a rare experience. I guess it's getting like less and less rare. Everyone has their 15 minutes, but. After coming out of that, how do you look at the media now? And as somebody who has created that kind of media, how do you look at the media? Did well, you I'll, go first? Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't read those magazines since the day I left. I, yeah. you know, it was me, but now that I'm far removed from it, I can't believe the things that we did and said about people in terms of like what they wore or just digging into people's private lives. Like we were responsible for um, Sandra uh, Bullock, her divorce from Jesse James. Oh, I remember that. That was our story. I can't believe you did that. (laughs) I was was very involved in that story. I didn't, yeah, I know, right. I I, I didn't get the information, but I was- But you hooked up with the husband. (laughs) Yes, I hooked up with him. We we fell madly in love. You tore their marriage apart? Yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah, but like, when you think about that, like, that you're kind of responsible. Like she found out about him cheating on her because our person that calls the reps told her, right? There's this person who just won an Oscar for the blind side, having like the time of her life. (laughs) Yeah. So like, there's a part of me that like needed a big silkwood shower. Mm -hmm. And um, now I don't read them at all. And I could care less about celebrity gossip now, but I was really in it. I mean, it was fun. I'm surprised. I actually, I got sued one time by David Beckham. That's my claim to fame. Wow. Yeah. You personally? So you look personally? On, yeah. I was named in the, wait, was I named in the lawsuit? Maybe I wasn't named, but I have an affidavit. It's online. If you Google my name, my real name mm-hmm. and David Beckham, you'll see like, I had to do like a, a court thing. It got thrown out. Oh my God. Uh, well, because my story was actually true. Uh, it was when he cheated with the prostitute. You guys remember that Don't story? Don't they all? I, I actually get to laugh. Yeah. But actually, I actually hung out with the call girl. And 
Uh, we cr- yeah. Was, oh my God. Uh, I would love like a hotel room. to know her firsthand <laughs> account of taking Posh Spice's husband. Oh, incredible. <laughs> incredible work. Yeah. She took a shower in the hotel room with the door open. And I was kind of like, is this for me? And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> At first, I was like, that's not the craziest sex story. And then I was like, oh, no, no not David with you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that right. is very bizarre. Yeah. But anyways, that was a long story. But yeah, yeah. So. Wow. Like showers and, everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And Courtney, how, I mean, you survived it. Do you feel like your life has been returned to normal more or less. How often do you think it comes back to haunt or not haunt? You know, just- um, I, I do feel like my life is as normal as it will be. And, um, mm-hmm. I've worked really hard at, at that. And, um, I, after my season, it's just, you don't have media training, like even just talking to the tabloids. I remember I tried to hire a publicist. He's a uh, Christian Cavallari. So, Cause I was like, I need help. Like I keep putting my foot in my mouth and, um, like the headline is like clickbait. It was like, Courtney feels brainwashed from the show. And it's like, Dibs <laughs> was saying, like, they always just want that little nugget. And like, I, I can't play the game. Like I, I wanted people to like me and I just mm-hmm. felt like, the book really was able, I, I got my voice out. And mm-hmm. um, as far as the media goes, though, like going back to like stories, like somebody like got on an online forum and wrote something like, Courtney wore white to my friend's wedding. And it like <laughs> went everywhere. And it was like just made up. And I was like there, and I couldn't talk to the media um, at the time. We, Instagram wasn't a thing. I couldn't have Twitter. So I didn't, I felt like I didn't have a voice. So it was really good to clear the air and looking back, maybe there's some stuff I would have left out when I started dating. Um, it, I think the book and the show made dating really, my life was really weird for a while, to be honest. And so I've finally got it back on like to what feels normal to me. And I can like do stuff like this and, you know, even just make people laugh with the book or help, um, I get a lot of messages from like young women, like you really gave me confidence or, whatever I was awkward growing up or I didn't know what I wanted to do, whatever they took from it that helped them does make me feel really good. But I always say it's kind of like my pain, your pleasure, you know, part of it is like a little <laughs> embarrassing to share so much about yourself. And like, Dibs was really good at like pushing me and pushing me. And there was things I'd fight her on, like, oh, I don't know if I want to say that. And I feel like, I don't know if you feel happy with the Dibs, but. Oh yeah, like definitely. The book there's nothing really we took out that was, (laughs) it was a hard process. Like anytime you're like exposing, I mean, we talked about, you were so brutally honest. I mean, about so many things from, (laughs) from like the dating show. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yes, that was probably the hardest for me as far as dating now. Cause you can go and it just lives on forever. You know, when I announced (laughs) my engagement, people were were like doing stuff from my book and it really took away from like our happy news. And my now husband was like, Oh my God, they're talking about, you know, Oh, I didn't even know that. I'm so sorry. Adrian Grenier's penis or something. (laughs) 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 If I had to guess what they would be talking about. That might've been a mistake. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And he was so nice. And like, I just, the, looking back, some of the stuff maybe I could have held back on, but it's too late now. <laughs> I do feel like they were just such fun stories to tell. I mean, I will say one time when I was living in Studio City, I saw Adrian Grenier on Ventura Boulevard, and he is, like, so pretty. I get why you just wanted to talk about it. Like, so I get why you just needed to call it out, because it's important to just be like, he's very pretty, and 
he likes me. <laughs> Do you think anyone who hasn't been like looking back, is it even imaginable to the average person who hasn't been kind of like run through the gamut of the tabloids to like understand what it's like to go through? Like, do you think, or do you- I just like, I experienced it on such a small scale, but in a very like short, like when the show was on and after and with Ben and stuff. And then I tried to get a hang of it and like make friends with the tabloids. You know, a lot of the people like Kardashians are in bed with pretty much all the tabloids, um, which is also, I think really interesting. Like you always see like Heidi and Spencer and they're like set up paparazzi shots. So, I mean, I've had once or twice in my life, like four people yeah. will say something mean about me on Reddit and that's like my <laughs> week. So I'm just kind of like, do you think like the average person could even imagine what that's like to go through to just be, have everyone in America hate you? Or is it a lot like how it feels in seventh grade when a group of girls doesn't like you, it's just worse? I mean, do you really think (laughs) it's like anything you can liken to the everyday experience of most people or it's just off the I think, I don't know if you, I don't know. I think some people would like it. I think that there's two types of people, people who swim in it and like it and like want that kind of attention maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And people, some people make it, it made me really uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know. I could never be a famous or celebrity or like Mad Pitt and Angelina, like when they had to like organize their whole day. And I've, I've dated some pretty big famous actors or whatever. And um, like the way they live their lives is not for me. It's it's definitely super orchestrated. Can I just say something? Yeah. I would just like to say that one time around the time the book came out, Courtney and I went for lunch oh, and the yes. paparazzi were still following her. And so when we left, they took a picture of us and I was carrying a sandwich <laughs> and it was really mm-hmm. embarrassing. <laughs> and Dibs, remember you were like, like it was one a little time. uncomfortable. Was you horrible. were like, kind of like, you were I like, was scared. oh my gosh. I got like adrenaline. They were yeah. like chasing her through the parking lot and I'm carrying my corn, a giant pastrami sandwich. <laughs> And it wasn't even in a bag. Remember, it was in like one of those clear <laughs> things. It was like, there yeah, was like we were leaving the country mart. <laughs> yes. The only time I've ever been shot by paparazzi ever was carrying a giant pastrami sandwich. But um, like, no, all of America is going to see my pastrami sandwich right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's a little no, embarrassing yeah. and it's a little intrusive, yeah. that part of it for sure. But yeah. scary. I definitely had the adrenaline. You were totally calm. I was like, whoa, that was, that was, that was insane, you know. And a lot of the times you don't even know they're there. They'll pull up with a tinted, in a tinted Prius or the windows are tinted and they'll shoot through the windows and you won't even know they're there. Um, but I don't deal with that anymore, whatever. Like I do, like people, I gave them my exclusive our, our So it's like now it's positive and people can think what they want. That's what yeah. I think I liked about the book so much is that it didn't feel like you were like trying to get anyone to like you. It felt like you were just throwing all the information out there and being like, walk away with your own conclusion and like, it didn't feel like, it just felt like here's the whole story, draw your conclusion. And I really appreciated cool. that because it made, That's really it makes cool. you likable. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's, That's awesome. really cool. And and there was like, you know, I, I always go back to like dibs. We couldn't put in there that one of the girls in the house was calling me autistic on camera. So that was left oh, out right. of the book. And that to this day really bothers me um, because ABC protected her because she worked in like the healthcare field. And like, so you'd see this big reactions out of me and, and the other girls too were like, this isn't cool. Like you don't joke about that or like say things like that. So uh, that's one thing I always want to tell people because you know, you just never know what's truly going on. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I think the tell all it was, 
very clear when they all try to be like, how come we're all best friends? And then you're like, well, you're screaming at each other literally right now. So (laughs) (laughs) for best friends, it did seem like one of you was about to punch a different one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like none of us said mean things. And it's like, okay. um, You all did. (laughs) What they Um, said about that girl, Shauna, or yeah. Oh my God. Chantel and her and I messaged now on Instagram and I felt really bad for her. That was really, she got kind of bullied. Yeah. Oh my Um, God. That one girl called her fat. It was crazy. That's mean. Yeah. Literally the line she was like, she's not that pretty in real life and she has thicker thighs. And you were just like, (gasps) when she walked out, I was like looking at her thighs. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Are mine bigger? (laughs) That's so bad. And then I, uh, lately, uh, Dibs said something recently like, Courtney never apologized for saying that strippers could play baseball. And I was like, I'm not going to apologize. I'm still not going to apologize. She said it again recently? Oh, yeah. She did, um, I think, whose podcast? I think my friend Olivia's podcast. And, oh and like, I was like, that's why I went on the Women Tell All. Y'all, y'all ripped me a new one. I was like, I apologize then. And I think she's still hoping for an apology. And I still I think she it. is a stripper. VIP waitress, <laughs> what job is that? I mean, it's funny. A lot of the things you said in the book were things I was thinking. I was like, you're 34 and a VIP waitress? Like, I mean, seriously, don't you have a friend's dad who could let you at least be an administrative assistant for a day? Like, <laughs> you can't do the fake resume like put your uncle down I don't come on that's <laughs> that's hilarious. I forgot that that's what you I was kind of just going off of her wardrobe I forgot that was her job description <laughs> I mean a VIP waitress listen we okay. can move between those <laughs> this is the thing about Courtney Courtney is like I said before the nicest sweetest most wonderful person however she's not a doormat yeah so that's what happened on the show is that if those if anyone had just taken the time to be nice to Courtney instead of like immediately being awful, they would have like been all best friends probably, right? But instead, it but like Courtney's not just gonna sit there and let people treat her like that, even though you're so nice. I had to clap back. I was like, if yes. I just make an example out of at least one of them, maybe I'll it will scare them into acting right because <laughs> they weren't very nice to me at all. I remember I tried to talk to KCB night one. I think it's in the book, <laughs> yeah. and she wouldn't even respond to me. And I'm like, hello, I'm embarrassing myself. No, that's like listen. And let Who me tell that? you, the the portrait of Dorian Gray, she now looks 95 years old in the face. Oh, so God. all that meanness really came back to age her. She started 24, and by the tell-all, I'm like, she looks 38. Like, what happened <laughs> in the month of February to that poor girl? So, so you talked about being friends with Olivia. Is that, like, Olivia Cardi, the other... She was also a Bachelor villain. So what is your relationship to, like, Bachelor Nation right now? Because it does seem like it was, like, very 50-50 split. Like, half of them were very much, like, we've been through this, we understand like it's stressful on the other half like Trista really just like shoved you under a bus and like held you there and was just I like could not I'm so glad you printed those tweets because like she should be held accountable for saying such horrible shit so I don't know if I told you dibs I think I did uh she sent me an email um part of her thing was like I it, it was Twitter was new and finding my voice or whatever and I, she had heard an, I think an interview I did with Olivia um and I had reached out to Olivia after her season. I felt for her and like she was the villain. And but like more so in the sense that the girls were really mean to her on her season and like saying like she had like what her feet were ugly, like saying stuff like she had bad breath and just they were really like picking on her. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, if you need help, just navigating because nobody you just come off the show and nobody helps you. 
uh, and you're in the public eye and it's like, what do you do? So she reached out to me and, um, we became built a little friendship and I'd say like living in LA when I lived there, I'd get invited to charity events and I'd go. And for me, it felt important to like connect with other people, probably because there's that part of me that's like, I want people to see the real me. Um, and I've made some good friends I'm more just like fly by friends, you know, like you kind of stay connected through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you see them, you're happy to see them, but you don't make plans. Exactly. And I'm in Arizona now, but like if they invite me to like, I think it'd still be cool if they did like a reunion or something like that. But like, I remember when I met Trista, it was at like a charity thing and Sean Lowe was just announced the bachelor. And like, she was like awful to me in person. And it's, it's like, she didn't even ever give me a chance. And like, I wanted to like go introduce myself. And I remember Jillian Harris was there and she had reached out to me when my season was airing and was like, if you need anything, like, so some people were really nice to me and then other people use me as like, um, just to make jokes and that's fine, but she was just mean, you know, you still talk to people like on the new seasons, do they reach out to you or, you know, it's funny. I think that they don't even know me. Like I've ran into people like I was in Hawaii and I ran into Dean and Caitlin and they came over and said hi, but like, I think I'm so old hat um, I ran into, remember uh, grocery store, what was it? Joe, Joe. Yeah. and Kendall. I randomly ran into them when I was in that's LA weird. and I was like, can I get a picture with you guys? And I never posted it because I think that's kind of, but it's like, what are the odds of that? You know, I know, right? That is weird. Well, I do think that talks a lot to like the difference of the bachelor afterlife, which is that people go on now to build a career. And I do think like once they're in, like, the longer you can stay, the more Instagram followers you are. And then you just try to find something else to like keep your footing. And then they just stay in the public eye more. Like I think what you were talking about, there's some people who like it and there's some people who don't. Everyone who goes on The Bachelor now is going on because they they want and crave mm-hmm. the paparazzi and stuff. So then it's like, if you're not actively seeking that out, you're not going to stay on people's minds as much as people who are dedicating their lives to staying on people's minds. And there's people that like help them do that. Like publicists that like, Hey, go to this thing. And that's why they all moved to LA. And even when I lived in LA, I like, I didn't really plug into that too, too much. Just, it just never felt natural to me. And I probably should have because like, you know, Jamie Otis, like she's done a really good job of building a brand and um, Dibs wrote a book with her as well. So oh, yeah. And it's Another really show. good. We can get her on too. Oh, um, fun. She's I just mean, done a really good job of like, I guess, navigating it into her face. Like, you know, she wrote the yeah. book. She's, a, and she's an influencer now. I mean, she, she's full blown influence. She's, she's full blown. Like she's got products. She's like making a really good living. Like, yeah, she's still doing. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should have tried a little harder, but it's just not <laughs> yeah. natural to me. That and was, it wasn't really a thing back then. Yeah. And that was, that was the thing too. When I met you, like you were really, I was very surprised. Courtney, literally could care less about fame for someone who's a model living in LA who you, you could have totally done all that stuff. And you literally never wanted to, I mean, cause they wanted you to do other shows and stuff too. And you just really didn't yeah. want to. I do think yeah. it's really interesting because if you had wanted fame, like you, like you didn't need yeah. the bachelor, like you were living in LA, you were a model, you, you know, knew a lot of like very famous people. Like if you had just wanted attention, I feel like there are other and you could like kind of feel it. And I think the fact that you didn't need The Bachelor the way the other girls did, like it felt like they were like there for like a last ditch effort for like Claire was saying, these 
girls from Kansas who are like, if I'm 25 and single, I have to just like walk <laughs> into a nunnery and just like surrender my belongings. And it's just like, I don't feel like you had that air about you. Like there was no like desperation wafting off of you and they hated that. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. that's nice of you to say. And he, Ben even said that recently. He did Olivia's um, podcast, you know, Dibs and I, I haven't caught up with you too much, but you know, we cleared yeah. the air a few years ago. I think I told you. And I have and not cleared I, the air with him. I'm yeah. so mad. We still have problems. <laughs> well, it felt really good. Like, cause it was, it was like this negative thing, like in my life, like still even sharing my side and, you know, the, the emails that came from his side when the book came out, really, sure. um, it was like not remembered, <laughs> so, but I'm sorry. I got off topic. Um, yeah. I remember because now I'm, I know it's been like nine or 10 years for you, but I just watched a season. And I just read his book. I am so mad at him. I hate him so much. I mean, it does sound like hopefully he's like matured. Like it sounds like if you've cleared the air, it means he's maybe gotten a little bit more mature because reading the book, the way that he was like a 30 year old with a living room on a mattress and the roommate and being just so mean. I honestly just feel like a guy who's mean to his girlfriend is a baby. I like, oh, can't He, he said nice. That's what I just, re- I just remembered. He told Olivia like she was confident. That's what, sorry, going back to like, mm. He was, and I thought that was nice. He was like, I needed that. And she came in and was confident and like a woman. That was, that was nice. But yeah, it was 10 years ago and it just feels good for it all to be kind of, I needed to put a bow on it. And I think that was like the last piece that was like, Hey, we did go through this weird thing, this once in a lifetime thing together. You know, maybe I shouldn't have talked shit about his mom as much as I did. (laughs) Uh, Wait, wait, so he's not mad anymore? mm -mm, No, no. Wow. Yeah, we kind of cleared the air and it felt like, really full circle because part of me was like, you know, there was a lot he could have said and he was a gentleman and he never did. You know, he did say he thought it was classless that I talked about her sex life, but that was a, that was a creative choice that I made. Um, <laughs> I mean, the puritanical double standard of the bachelor is something that I feel like deserves like a PhD essay, just like the American Seriously. idea that this is like this virginal pursuit of love where you have 25 simultaneous girlfriends and then everyone in America knows you're having sex with them one allotted <laughs> night of the year, but we can't admit like, it's so, it really is like the perfect encapsulation of like how fucked up we are in this country about sex. It's so sick. Especially the way it's that true. on The Bachelor, they like glorify these like virgins. It's so weird. Um, but what I was going to say is dibs. Now you can go to San Francisco without looking over your shoulder. If you still live there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You're yeah. Safe. I don't that know if he was... hated me as much as you at the time. Well, no, I think the email was like, tell Dibs, uh, you know, whatever, one hell of a writer or something like yeah. that. Remember, I forget. <laughs> right. yeah. It was like, when it came out, it was like basically a knock to me, like saying like, somebody wrote this for you. And I was like, I, I felt like we, you know, I put a lot into it. Oh too. God. Yeah. It was a it was a great class. I think you asked that earlier, Claire, like the process of Courtney and I working together was really awesome we had so much fun we would like meet at like wherever like a coffee bean or something or a bar or whatever and just talk and talk and then I might and then I might disappear and write something up and give it to her but Courtney also wrote a, like a lot herself and you'd call it a hot garbage she'd be like just write it down and give it you know yeah. and then we'll all go through it and fix it I'd say just do vomit version like I, either I'd give her like a like write a list of different things or or just write like a chunk of something um, and we were just, we, we laughed. We had the best time. I mean, I, I remember. I gave you my that's diaries. I, I gave you my oh, cell yeah. phones. You saw pictures of my, my, oh my titties. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot those pictures were in there. <laughs> I 
just remember laughing really, really hard. And, 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 and when things would come up like about like Adrian Grenier, like whether or not to put it in the book or not, and just being like, should we be sitting there? Can we? (laughs) 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 Blushing. I think it was just like, put everything in and we'll, and then we'll scale it back. Yeah. And then we did it. And then we didn't. We'll trim it back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really appreciated actually besides the sex, I feel like first of all, when did this come out? 2014. First of all, talking about sex a lot as a woman, as a as a woman. <laughs> I think the last like 4 or 5 years are the only times that women have been allowed to admit that they like sex too. Like it is really so new. And so I think that like you including that information and like the sexual compatibility of your relationship and like that, not just like exposing guys, but that being an important factor is so necessary. But then also I felt like you were very honest about money. And I think that that was really interesting and very before it's time. And it's only like even now a conversation, but like I felt like I closed the book being like, oh, I like understand sort of like being a working model now. And I think that that is also like a low key, like subplot of the book of like, if you want to be a working model, this, it was like a handbook for what to expect. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, I just want to say you literally have a list of like, if you want to be a model, here are some things you should know. And I have this thing where I'm obsessed with like actionable advice because I hate it when people are like, just be yourself, be confident, <laughs> like don't take. And I'm just like, and you were like, don't leave your portfolio in your car, in your car, it will melt. Like always have new deals. Like, <laughs> yes. look like at an on-camera class. It was so helpful and you're like spend by one nice thing and then pack it away because it's because <laughs> I blew my wads so many times I'd be like oh I'm in the negatives Claire I was listening to your podcast and you were just, I like that a lot you're saying like actionable things like, like go do stand up like <laughs> yeah yeah no and it's really I feel like people love to give like the general abstract ideas be yourself be yeah, think positive yeah. <laughs> but I mean that feels like a lifetime ago but also the rejection I think that's also I had to have confidence like because you walk into a room and there's 200 models let's say 100 uh, for big campaign castings and like you kind of shrink down you look around and I think that that history really helped me coming into The Bachelor um give me a little bit of confidence you know or at least know how to turn it on yeah Yeah. no I believe that I mean well, I do feel like pursuing any field like that, especially like in LA, New York, in the big cities, you like learn that it is a lot of fake it till you make it. And you're able to use that kind of so mm-hmm. much rejection. In the show. Oh Whereas gosh. I feel like they went in with like the sorority angle of like they knew how to be in a house with 25 women who hate each other, but figure out like how to pretend that you don't in a way that's like socially acceptable among a house full of women. And it's just a different dynamic. And yeah. as you said, you're like, I was here to to win like it was a competition to like win somebody's heart like I did go in with the intention of like you know I thought I would like him I saw him I had a crush on him and we did hit it off to some degree um that honestly came across and shocked me because that's the kind of thing where I'd go in and be like nobody really believes that they're gonna go in and like like this guy but with you I felt like you really did and I felt like really enough the model, like reading the book, the model thing worked in your favor there. Cause I did believe I was like, she's a beautiful woman, woman. She's living in LA. Guys obviously like her. She doesn't need to come on and find a husband or even find fame. So the fact that she, but it made sense to me as somebody who's like in New York, in LA, that dating sucks. And you are kind of like, look, if I could just skip the transitional period of like locking yeah. something down, 
Like you're like, I'm ready for the next step, but it's hard in LA. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had been there for a long time. I was, let's say going back to like when the show actually started airing, I was really embarrassed because like it did feel very like, this isn't something I would do. This isn't a show that I would do. Um, So, but it is what it is. There was a period of time where I regretted doing it. I'll Mm -hmm. just put it that way. I don't think there's been a girl like Courtney before or since, right? I mean- I can't I think, think of one, anyone. One that EP is one of the executive producers said to me, we've never had a real model on the show. We kind of had to do it to you. And I'm like, did you? Like, also, like, <laughs> I went skinny dipping and I totally got slut shamed. Um, it's going back to like the sexualization of it all. So, which is absurd because he's literally making out with like 18 people. And then you went for a swim. Who he did it too. It's I also mean, just the whole thing of like standing out and like doing what you want to do and like finding out what you need to find out about him. Like you wanted to know if he was like spontaneous and interesting and skinny dipping is a really I good way that. to find that out about someone. But yeah. also when people like when you were happy that one girl just like randomly got sent home and everyone was like, oh no, we're sad. And it's just like, why? <laughs> you aren't yeah. both going to marry him. One, someone <laughs> needs like to go home eventually. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's the reality show, like, problem. I feel like when you watch Project Runway, you're like, well, when would you only have 24 hours to make a hot dog dress? Like, this is it. And it is. It's like, why on earth would be getting along with women who are dating your boyfriend be important as a quality for a wife? Like, yeah. It is preposterous, but... That's why we watch. Am I right? I know. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. It, it's like so classic. You could write this stuff. There's always the girl that goes up and is like, she's different around us than you. And I'm always thinking like, of course, like I'm going to be different around the person that I'm going dating. than the girls are dating him. I mean, it's just the whole dynamic. It's, it's such a recipe for disaster. I mean, yeah. I always say to the same, like if my boyfriend met my friends and they didn't know that they were talking about me, they would never figure it out. <laughs> I am <laughs> so nice to him. <laughs> I also think it's so interesting that like in the house you were slinging one-liners and that was like kind of your thing. Like you're not gonna, this guy you're trying to marry, you're not gonna just like, <laughs> of course you're gonna be sweet to him. You're not gonna like walk in and just start roasting him. That would be so bizarre. <laughs> like that, they're like, oh, she's mean to us and nice to you. And it's like, yeah, because she doesn't like you and she does like him. That's how people treat people that they like in different ways. 100%. It's, it's always like that too. On every season, it's like, oh, but yeah. Anyway, the, little... the other thing is that the show is so earnest. Well, there's a, there's a population of America that takes it earnestly. And then there's a population that that's in on the joke. Like we are like, you watch it just to, you know, like make fun of it. So I think that was part of it too. And especially like when you were on, like, nobody's funny, like you are like the other girls are really making me feel good. I'm like, (laughs) cloud nine over here. It's working. Now do you want to hit me with the tough one? Yeah. Now we're like, and now (laughs) (laughs) what's the dirtiest secret you have about. (laughs) Yeah. So hard for me to remember that there are people in this country who think they're watching love. And I'm like, you idiots. People take it really seriously. Really bad death threats. You guys, I had like my modeling website up and like an email. I don't know if I ever showed dibs you any of them, but I had one like from like a very, very religious, uh, guy and he's like you're ruining our family this like you're cutting into like our family time like every Monday night like like just like really you I've been named called everything like that is death threats shocking I'm so sorry but like my family (laughs) will never survive this reality tv show not being what we expected it to be yeah right the one thing that was holding 
our my relationship with my family <laughs> together was this TV show, and now we don't like it. You're ruining yeah. our family. Like I'm like wow, and now. I just want to like write people back. I just never responded because people are crazy. I mean, I still get trolls. I got someone recently saying to me like, you know, because we kind of had the baby then got married and that was the plan. We were trying for a baby. We're older and um, someone was saying like, quit talking about marriage out of like wedlock or whatever, like having a baby, I'm sorry, out of wedlock. (laughs) I got a little bit of that and I'm just like, get the hell out of here. If you don't like it, don't follow it, you know? They really, people really love to be heard online. Like they really, it's really shocking. I feel like we, like whenever we get negative comments, like I have a tendency to like want to respond to people. So does Claire. We both like really love to defend ourselves. What would people say about you guys? You really get people being just like crazy. People get so mad at us. You know who people defended in a way we weren't, like we didn't see coming, Steve O. People really loved him, oh. and we were very critical of his book because I just I started that. I met Steve by the way. <laughs> oh, I was I was gonna. He reached out to me when I lived oh in LA because he had written a memoir, and he was like, "So have you? Like, I want let's get together." So I actually had lunch with him twice. Oh my god! I don't know if it was good or bad or, or whatever. Your memoir, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> funny business. But yeah, he's he was, calling up every like, author in America. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want to talk about books. <laughs> yeah, I know. We both wrote, I know. Not so funny. There was no spark. Actually, I think we were both single at the time. But And obviously, this was a while ago. But he was really nice. He's wow. a vegan. I mean, yeah. I do believe oh, yeah, that he, he is, is nicer and calmer now. His book was, like, deeply unlikable. And so we said that. And boy, oh, boy, did people get really mad at us. Um, in a way, like when you were talking about how there's like two kinds of people, like the people who really like enjoy every kind of feet, like they just like the attention. And then there's people who are like, please just like me. (laughs) Like we're both very, please just like me. And I actually (laughs) like went on a date with a guy and I was like talking about the Steve-O book. And I mentioned how like it was the week that we were getting a lot of really, really negative comments. And it was really messing with me. And he just like would not let up on the fact that I enjoyed it. And like the reason we have a podcast is to rile people up and get negative comments. And I like fully kicked him out of my home. I was like, you need to like put on your shoes and leave right. He would not let up. And you were already having like a tough week with it, with the, yeah. like the negativity. Like that's, oh, good. Good for you, girl. Just <laughs> kick him out. Bye. I like the detail about how you had to put his shoes on. Yeah. Well, because they were like boots. And so, because I mean, it was not that long ago. It was like December. And so, you know, like when guys wear those lace-up boots that like take a long time to take on and off. And so he was just like sitting there putting, like lacing his shoes while I like was just death staring him. That's hilarious. Pick up the pace. Let's lace these babies up. You don't have to have them fully tied before you get out of my home. <laughs> oh, are you in New York too? Yeah. 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 We're both um, in Gosh, Brooklyn. Dating's got to be crazy there right now. It is bizarre. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get back yeah, let's. to you guys. <laughs> so I, don't want to, I just have a couple of, we had like rapid fire questions we wanted to ask you guys. Um, one question, the thing is fans kept, we're like, does anyone have a question for The Bachelor or like about Courtney and everything people ask, I'm like, well, she addresses that in her book. She actually had a very thorough book. So a lot of people's questions were moot mm. and not worth your time because they can buy your book if they want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Learn to um, read if you want the answer. <laughs> but was the house gross was a question that somebody asked. I guess you guys only lived in it for that one night. You had a weird season where there was a lot of travel. Yeah. 
It was so. a little, it was dirt. Definitely. I felt like very dirty by the end of the night. You know, a lot of people, a lot of foot traffic, a lot of drinks being spilled, but yeah, we never slept there after that night. Oh, yeah. They took us back to the hotel. So, and then the next day, next filming day, they're like, we're going to Sonoma. So I didn't really spend much time there. I just realized I wanted to ask you about the onboarding process because, but it was your experience unique and that they just like, kind of like let you come in if you wanted to, because I feel like now there's like a multi-leveled process for people who aren't. Oh God. There was like sending a video. Like I think that element was there and I just didn't, I was like, I'm not going to, I just kind of felt like I kind of somewhat half-assed it. Like the questions, like you can write like a novel and it would be like, I'm ready to find love next one. You know, like I was like, I'm not going to overthink it. Um, but I just happened the production was right down the street in Santa Monica. So they're like, just come on in. We'd love to meet you. So it was kind of, I think different because I lived right by there. Okay. It's yeah. like a weekday errand. You have to send in too much. <laughs> yeah. Like a go see. Yeah. You just kind of. Like I had to drop off my yeah, laundry. it was like a casting. <laughs> yeah. I drop off my laundry, get on The Bachelor, um, <laughs> remind my sister to pick it up because I am out of town for a while. <laughs> um, and then my other question, did you have to give the ring back? I did. Yeah. Oh, and that, wow. looking back, I wish I would have just kept it. I should have just been like, screw you guys. You gave me this crappy edit. I'm keeping it. Because <laughs> they don't pay you at all for that, right? No. The, so the main person does get paid. And yeah. you know what? I you think anywhere, anywhere between like, I think Ben got like maybe a hundred thousand or something like that. And then I think I know some of the bachelorettes get like 200 plus thousand. And then mm-hmm. if you make it to the end, they're like, Oh, we'll pay your bills. Like, or what I like the final two girls and they're like, so tally up your bills. And I'm like, okay, my rent's 1700 car payment, blah, blah, blah. give it to them. They're like, uh, it was like not even a fraction of what my bills were. They were like, we'll give you a thousand bucks. I'm like, it's like almost worse than, yeah. you know, <laughs> So like, I'll stay in a less nice nothing. hotel so, and pay my rent. <laughs> exactly. Dibs, um, I have a question. So if somebody wanted to get into celebrity profiling, what advice do you have for them? I feel like you have a lot of people's dream job. Um, you know, I, the, the celebrity profile thing, I just got in when I first started writing, I got a job as an entertainment assistant. And I would interview anyone they would let me interview. I would interview like everyone from like, like one of my earliest ones was like Anne Margaret which is kind of funny. Um, is that like a royal person? <laughs> no, no, not, not Princess Margaret or oh, okay. Queen Margaret. She, so you don't even know. She's like that woman that like was with like Elvis and stuff. Like, yes. never mind. Anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, and I just, you just kind of like, you just kind of say yes to everything until mm-hmm. you, you have to kind of work your way up in terms of the level of celebrity. Um, and just, you did, I mean, you've done the top ones. You've done like, Sarah yeah. Palin. Yes, I've been to Sarah Palin's house twice. Oh my in god. In Arkansas? I mean in Alaska. Oh my god. Yes, I sound like fucking Sarah Palin in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh two times, like in the dead of winter. That was a lot of fun. Um we had like a, a friendship of sorts. Um <laughs> not anymore. But um yeah, the ghostwriting thing, like for books, like you know, again, like Courtney I got and I got so lucky. I mean, we got a New York Times bestseller, like that was the first thing I ever book I ever did. Really, I so, like wow. when you guys said you were getting no's from people. I had to like double check because I was like, I'm pretty sure this was a New York Times bestseller, and I like I have the copy right here, and I was like, Yep, there it is. And I was like, <laughs> So people are wrong. Okay, the gatekeepers don't know. Yeah, <laughs> serious. No, that is that's the best advice I would get. Is like, 
if you have, like, we had a gut feeling about this. Like I knew it was the right time for this book and I knew it had the built in audience. And that if we did it in the right way, it was going to be big. Yeah. And we just didn't listen to this woman who, you know, um, all over our proposal. Did did we ever send her something to say it was a New York Times bestseller? We called her EK because that was her initials. And um, <laughs> we were like, let's send her a signed copy of the book when it, you know, when it hit the, yeah. but we didn't. I kind of still want to. We should. I think you should. I am like a hardcore supporter and never letting a grudge die. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just keep kind of failing up the ladder. It's just like you stay in it long enough and you just keep kind of, I don't know. You just got to get your foot in the door. Once you're in and you got clips with different people then they'll assign you bigger people can you say who who your favorite celebrity personally was to Mm. I always say Mariah Carey Uh, I got to interview her in a big giant mansion in the Hollywood Hills just me and her wait I didn't know she could be just her I thought she was always with an entourage I just read her book and that's like from her like she's like writing this book mid quarantine and she's like we're in our bubble of 92 people (laughs) (laughs) plus my children (laughs) yes I know that's why this was incredible I mean and and then like and she was like singing to me and I was like people would like chop off their arms to be in this situation right now but she was so nice Wow. Like, I, I, I've, yeah, anyone that asks, I'm like, Mariah Carey is like the coolest. She was so professional. Like the A list people, the A plus, they're like really professional. It's like the lower you go down the totem pole, the more awful they are. It honestly. makes sense that then they yeah. write. That's something that I, I feel like the more I read, the more I learn. I, yeah. It's yeah. so weird to me when people keep working with people who aren't nice and respectful because it's just like there are people who like are dying to be in that position who would be nice and respectful so I got an LA from a hairstylist but they make them sign NDAs like I'm sure when you interviewed Mariah did they make you sign like a a non-disclosure well I I just couldn't talk about it because it's for everything for the magazine so Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's out the window people love those (laughs) NDAs and it is helpful to know like I will say with like you talking about the bachelor NDA where Yes, contracts exist, but like at a certain point, the level at which they can enforce them is so bizarre because when they write such broad sweeping statements, like you cannot mention The Bachelor in public, like, or like you can't speak in, like whatever, like they say these wild, like sweeping statements that you really can't, like this is something we ran into with like one of my old, old jobs (laughs) with the podcast, um, with an NDA I signed. They can't make it so you can't speak. Like we do live in a free country. They... If, but like the contract is limiting your ability to like exist, then it's right. not really valid. We just kept calling the bluff. Courtney yeah. did mm-hmm. say basically being like, we're, we're going, we're doing this. Also lawsuits <laughs> this are so happening. expensive. So you really right. can like weigh the options of like, yes, of course I signed this contract, but like, is it worth it to sue me? Probably not. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not I worth the shirt on my back. Yeah. This. It was so nerve wracking though, you guys. Oh my gosh. I mean, it luckily it worked out and, Oh man. And there's some people have written books since then, but I've noticed they really leave a lot out. So um, I'm surprised more people haven't done it to be honest, yeah. but I feel like I've been blackballed a little bit from. Well, that's what I want to ask. I know like Caitlin Briscoe talks a lot about on her podcast about feeling like she wasn't allowed to do dancing with the stars for a while because she was on their no list. Did you mm. feel like there was a clearly just that you feel a little bit like you've been blackballed? A little like bit. Yeah. I mean, like I get invited to some stuff, but like more so the higher ups, I think, 
um, I think I know because I went to something, a uh, red carpet event. Remember, did it was years ago. It was, yeah, like a live red carpet thing. And I said to one of the producers, like, I was like, I'm surprised you guys invited me. He goes, Yeah, so am I. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, I'm here. You're like, best thing that happened to their wallets. I, I mean, know. every dime that went towards that Malibu beachfront estate. They was, just don't want people to know how the sausage is made, yeah. which I, I feel like now with podcasts and like, I think people are flexing their voice a little bit more and slowly things have come out, which I think is helpful. And, and, mm. and things have gotten a lot racier than for my season, which makes me feel good. Cause do you ever totally. look at the villains and are there villains you look at and you're like, Oh, I feel bad. Other women you go, Oh, well you came on here. Like I know Corinne, I can't remember what her last name is. Oh, but thank you yeah. being racy. She like whipped creamed her whole body. Like, I could, were like, you kind of like, see okay. people, like, trying to be the villain. And ha- because it was so negative for me, I, d- I just can't wrap my brain around that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so, like, you were saying, like, getting that negativity. And, like, imagine, like, acting that way, like, on purpose to get the attention. And then it getting all that kind of hatred. I just can't imagine that that school of thought of, like, wanting to, to be, act that way. You know? Yeah. I wonder so if I it's easier if it's fake. I wonder if you you kind of go in, like, I'm going to play a role like an actor, and then I'm going to let that actor or, like, let that character exist in a world that somehow gets me promotional benefits or, like, right. paid. Then it's easier to sleep at night that as is opposed to being smart. like, I think America hates me. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. I know. It's like, oh, it's not like that stuff just, like... Some people just rolls off of like I like, don't want to get too into the nitty gritty. I feel bad. I feel like you're married with a child. You probably don't want to like. I just am coming straight off the season, so I I know I have a lot. To <laughs> I say. guess I, I was wondering help. because you guys had to like kind of turn this book around quite quickly because you know it was like just such a big story at the time, and like you really wanted to get your side out there. Do you think that now that you've had a little bit more time to marinate on the events, are there things that you would have written differently or included in a different way? No, I think like at the time I was what, 28, 29? No, thir- oh my God, maybe I just turned 30. So yeah, I just turned 30. I think I made creative choices at that time that maybe I would have made things a little bit softer now being married with a baby. Uh, it definitely made dating harder for me a little bit. Um, guys mm. are so deprived and like, wait, you've dated this person. Like it it just kind of hangs out there forever, but that was so part of my story and what made it kind of interesting. So, um, I guess I I probably would have maybe softened certain things or worded things differently, but like only like one or two things like that I can think of like the reverse calendar all in the fantasy suite or (laughs) that's the best line, you know, basically things that are like headlines. I know. (laughs) I loved it. Those are things that I loved. And I just, I guess I wonder if, your relationships with like how you said now you're like cool with Ben and stuff like that do you think I wish you could like write a second book about post bachelor villain life about like how those things like linger yeah and they do it's so wild you know there's just like like we went through this thing together very glad to clear the air and of course like like you were saying Claire about like saying stuff like now like I would love to write another book and it would I have so many stories from just dating like from that breakup to finding my husband that I think could really help a lot of people. Um, but in order for it to be good, I think I'd have to really go there and like say those things that I just don't, well, I would never say to my husband and like, he might run for office one day. So I'm definitely <laughs> a lot more censored. Um, but like, I want to like tell people <laughs> their stories are yeah. like kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I, felt, curious I mean, 
Dang. I feel like you were the perfect position because you like kind of like didn't feel like you owed anybody anything. And so you were like, I'm going to say it. Here we go. It was so fun to read. Yeah. But like with Ben, like going back to like him being like a gentleman, like, you know, my mom was really sick, you know, dibs. That's something I've never really talked about, which something I'm going to start be a little bit more comfortable talking about. Um, but like he never like shared my personal stuff that was going on, um, with my family or things Mm -hmm. that like I left out of the book and even to this day. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, just because, you know, I just shared all and that was my choice. And because he went on this public show, I mean, I was able to share my side of the story. So yeah, I try, I did, I know dibs. I I did try to make it, um, not so one-sided. Like I did try to like really own up to my things. So I, I guess it's, I, I'm happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, I read that I book felt, so many times and I wanted to be happy with it. With it. So I, I mean, there's that scene, with like every word. Yeah. There, that scene where you left I'm on his birthday after his it. dog died. I was like, oh yeah, I could see how that would hurt his feelings. <laughs> but it was crazy. If sister texted you, I would be like, you're not dating me. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we still talk, uh, her and I are still cool. We still, I sent her a Christmas card and we had like a really, uh, special bond. That was probably the hardest part of our breakup. I was really like, uh, felt really connected to her. Um, so that was a bummer. You know what I found was interesting too. I mean, I think Ashley really touched on something like the financial honesty of what you get paid and how much you were making. And then said, I don't know why I like annoy him for my money. And I was like, well, I would say he's stealing your money, but <laughs> um, that was like also fascinating. Just like kind of the behind the scenes of what, cause I think right now there's so much like influencer murkiness. Yeah. The financing part. Well, I went from like a pretty steady work and then to like being like, Oh my God, I'm like broke basically. And then like having to, okay, my old clients aren't booking me and like learning, having to like have to, sell stories and him and he had a publicist or somebody helping him, but mm. that's where the money went to. And it would be like, wait, where's my check? <laughs> Cause I needed it. I needed yeah, the money yeah. at the time. I, I was just, I mean, then to, to me, it read like, I call it a modern man disease where like, they're like, I want a girlfriend who has this incredible resume is independent. <laughs> it's financially sufficient. And they're like, but then when you start dating me, you should become helpless. <laughs> like they're like, Oh, yeah. I love that you had opinions and ideas when we were dating, but now that we're like going steady, they're like, I didn't think you'd actually keep your career up. And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like so important. You had it before they could date. Like they can only date you if you're like impressive, but then you're like, you better not keep trying to be impressive because now, now I'm the totally. And it's just like, you better have a lot of cultural knowledge that you could trot out in front of people we're trying to impress, but like never, ever, ever know more than me or like say smart things in (laughs) private. (laughs) I like that part of the book. I thought that part of the book, like the last third, like post show about the relationship stuff was so like universal, even though like they had like, yes. like this celebrity kind of thing happening, but everything that you were going through is like, how many women I haven't been through the exact same thing? The scenes of cooking. And I feel bad because like I want to talk about it, but I know you're probably like, yeah, that was a little 10 years ago. Oh, it's um, fine. That's like, that's <laughs> but it, good. exactly to Jim's point, the way that you describe that relationship and I mean, just the season of him being like, you're not slicing onions right or be more <laughs> dynamic with your eyes. Be I love that line. Dynamic was so <laughs> ludicrous. It was such a wild thing to say. Um, that one, like really like stuck with me because I felt like I, I've realized it now. Like I felt like he was very critical of me at times, and I've dated guys since then that have been the same way. Um, and like 
it's, that's really hard. Like when you're with somebody, you're like, you want someone to let you be yourself and like, not feel like you're getting nitpicked. And like, that one really stuck with me, like be dynamic, like, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember saying, like, isn't my personality pretty dynamic? Like, I, I make you laugh all the time. Like, yeah. I would wake up in the morning, like, okay, think of something funny to make him laugh, right, when he wakes up or whatever. But I just, it made me feel less than. And I know somebody was like, you know, he just wanted to be with more of an elitist or something along those lines, or that's what, mm-hmm. and I'm not that. I'm just, I'm not, I was never going to be that. And it makes you feel like, oh, I'm just not good enough. So. Yeah, and I, I so I loved that. I felt that that was very like touching and relatable. It was so relatable to be like to just to see on the other side, like how real are these relationships? And you're like, oh, they're as real as my dumb boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like if you're saying the crux of the problem with the relationship is that he just didn't put you first. That is so deeply relatable. I think to. I mean, me, so I'm assuming everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something to look out for, right? Because it can kind of go, like, you can, like, choose, like, okay, I'm going to just put up with this and make it work, and or I'm going to stay true to my personal preferences. Like, I always say from that relationship, sometimes love is not enough. Like, and and in that case, it just wasn't. And there were a lot of things that were great about it, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it just... I would have really had to sacrifice a lot of uh, my personal preferences. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, if you break down the percentages, like, I mean, if a relationship is supposed to be 50-50 and you were talking about how over the course of a year he came to visit you three times, that is not and like that's not 50 50 that's oh my god I just had a flashback to my college boyfriend saying <laughs> that it was further for him to come to me than it was for me to go to him <laughs> but that was like a real thing he tried to quote he was just like well it takes longer for me to get to your place than it does for you to get to my place and I'm like how could a round trip <laughs> <laughs> smoke's coming out of your ears <laughs> so you know you just like think about what you put up with when you're like 22 and you're just yes. like how did I even not walk out that minute? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like click. It's over. <laughs> we live in the I thought that was really, But when you talk about like after this, I wanted to bring up, I mean, talking about the stories, the, the photos that came out of him hooking up with those other girls. I just watched him swear on his father's grave that he didn't cheat on you and that he's not kissing the girls in those photos. And I'm just like... <laughs> Sorry, I'm like knocking things. I'm so upset. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's like, I, when you were talking about Sandra Bullock, I was thinking about him touching that girl's butt and then swearing on live TV that they did, were kissing there. But, and he told me like, she did sleep in my bed. I'm like, well, uh, okay. Like that's like, also that's... a problem. I don't care. I mean, they probably had sex, but like either way, like why is there a girl in your bed? Exactly. It's honestly gross to me if you had a girl in your bed and then you didn't bang her. Like that's weirder. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a little weird. That's, that's that's super weird. weird. Oh my gosh. And you know, the the one thing that's nice is like I realized and like it was good to clear the air, but like I realized that it, we would have never really worked out because I'm glad we tried, I guess, you know, because the show was a huge reason as to why we couldn't work out. But really in real life, there were just differences. So yeah. I will say rewatching your season these days, your enemy, Emily does come off looking pretty good. Cause she goes in and <laughs> she's making everyone hand sanitizer. That's true. <laughs> You're and right. She's a virologist. I looked her up on Twitter. She's got a lot to say about the pandemic that I'm sure is pretty valid. And she, she uses the word quarantine. Like they're talking, she talks about like being in the house of being in a quarantine. And I'm like, 
that bitch. She, she knew. Knows. She knew. <laughs> what did she tell I us? forgot about that. Oh my, that's so funny. I need to look her up. I'm Are you still friends with Casey? Yes. I am. Yeah, she's amazing. I, I love her. She has two boy, uh, two little boys now. And oh I know. I just looked her up. And she's got a handsome husband who seems tall. Yeah. And that's the guy <laughs> from the show. Remember that's when she? Yeah, yeah. She married him. Yeah, and they have two kids. Michael. Oh my yeah, God. Michael Patak. I that's know. I incredible. <laughs> she's so, so cool. She doesn't do social media that much. We did a girls trip not too long ago, and she, I swear she didn't get on her phone once. And I was like. I commend you. I'm like, what's up with that? And she's like, I just found myself reaching for my phone a lot. And like, so she's like, I just cut it out. I just stopped. I'm like, she's just like a really cool person. That's God bless. Oh my God. I could never. I will say I like really loved the way that she stood up for you in, um, on the show. I just thought it was like, so I thought that that was like the best view of female friendship because it is so easy to shit talk, especially when you're in that situation. Like I definitely, I guess we talk sometimes about how it sucks when everyone hates someone and then there's the one person who's like, but they're always nice to me. But it's completely <laughs> different. I feel like when people are unfairly ganging up on someone and you have that one person who's like, what's your basis for this? Like, you're being insane. And I really love seeing that. Like, I well, really love the Casey way she said didn't it. even... The person you're talking about who's like, well, I've never had a problem with them is like the person who won't engage. But Casey's like, oh, that's my actual friend. Yeah. Like she's yeah. standing up for somebody. She's yeah. not just being above the gossip. Like that's she what I mean. Honestly, she will gossip, but so she nice. gossips fairly. And I respect that hardcore. <laughs> and she's like that in converse. She's really interesting to have conversation with because like she'll be like, she'll disagree with you on, on certain people or things. And I really like that quality in somebody. Oh, yeah. um, but she, I mean, her doing that like meant the world to me and I didn't ask her to do that like we were really close on the show and I mean even to this day she could call me and say I need something and I would drop everything and be there for her I've never felt um somebody so show up for me like that in that kind of way yeah and, um, so I nice. think she knows that so she's just a good person and just like I'm sorry they kept yelling over me I wanted I had so much more I wanted to say and mm-hmm. I mean I did make a couple good friends from yeah. So you did go to make friends. I feel like that's a beautiful yeah. thing. I made a couple really quality ones. And, and Amy, the producer, right? Your and friend. Amy, I was talking wow. to Amy today. She was actually my handler at the time. And then she worked her way up to producer. And now she's working on other shows. But wow. she's one of my best friends. We talk like every day. Amazing. All right. Well, I have um, I have no questions left. And I feel like I've taken up. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. We took up so much of your time. I think I said it would take an hour. That was fun. Thank no, you guys so much for doing this. I... Love talking to both of you. I'm yeah, so no, Dibs. It was good to see you guys. Thanks you for too. having me on. Um, thank, thank you guys you so much. Thank you.